And so that's why I tell agents all the time, don't worry about the product. Because if you feel like you need to go out there and learn about all the products and every annuity and every, you know, index that every annuity has and, and really get into, you know, like at an engineering level, what <laughs> annuities, you will never start. Yeah. Because it's too much. I think that's so, where, where a lot of agents get caught up is they do want to master the product side of it and understanding every product out there before they can take that leap. So I really like that you said that because that's going to help a lot of agents to say like, Hey, that's not the main focus for me. And maybe that'll, that'll inch them more closer to, to actually taking action. Hey, what's up everybody. Today I have a real special guest, Mr. Ron Ray. He's been in the industry for 13 years now, and we're going to have a great conversation today regarding annuities and how you can use Medicare as the foot in the door to talk about annuities. So Ron, thanks for coming on today. How are you doing? Hey, Eric, I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome, man. So listen, I know that you've gotten to be well known in the Facebook arena for being a annuity expert. And I believe that you have a couple of amazing resources that are available to people who want to understand annuities better because there's a lot of trepidation there's a lot of fear out there from insurance agents who don't want to bring up annuities because they're nervous they're going to do something wrong and and somehow mismanage their clients money so i want to have a little conversation with you today to try to help allay those fears so that more insurance agents in the medicare space or even in the under 65 health space that they're going to want to pick up this new skill set because it's something that's really needed in the industry right now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's a, it's a big opportunity too to do more for your clients and, and uh, do more for yourself at the same time. Absolutely. So why, I guess, what, what would you say is step number one to help reduce that anxiety that agents have when it comes to getting into the annuity space? Yeah, so uh, increasing your knowledge, you know, is uh, is the one that really comes up first in my mind. You know, they, they say that um, competence breeds confidence, you know, and, and that's really what you need to make a sale, any sale, regardless of what the product is, you need confidence because if you're not confident, uh, the the clients can, can smell that fear on you. Yeah. And they're, they're going to run the other direction. So if you want to be confident, you've got to be competent. And, and the first step to getting competent is to get training. Absolutely. And fortunately, you have a great resource for that. You have a course to teach agents on how to do that, which I'll post the link to that, um, whether above or below, depending on where I'm posting this, I'll post the link to your course so agents can go check it out. Um, how long does it normally take an agent to get through your annuity training course? Well, it's self-paced. So, uh, you know, is is you can get through it in the, in the core elements of it in a, in a couple of hours. Um, and then there's, there's, of course, there's ongoing parts to it, including a, a live weekly call. Yeah. So let's say that as an insurance agent myself, if I wanted to, I wanted to get into this space, after going through your course, when do you see on average, most agents will actually start the process of pitching an annuity product to their clients from start to finish after going through your course and, and getting the confidence from the confidence to be able to start doing that? Well, my goal is you start doing it right away. 
Yeah. You know, so you've got to, you've got to get uh, confident with the process first. And the, it's the process that sells the product. You know, you can't go out and talk about a product and expect to sell it. You've got to, we're selling a concept. Mm-hmm. So uh, the concept that annuities protect your client's money and protect their lifestyle and retirement. That's the concept that we're selling. So if you can get your clients to buy into the concept, then the the product doesn't really matter because if you can get them to buy the concept, you can plug in whatever product that you have available that will fill that hole and solve that problem. So it doesn't really matter what the product is. And so that's why I tell agents all the time, don't worry about the product. Because if you feel like you need to go out there and learn about all the products and every annuity and every you know index that every annuity has and, and really get into, you know, like at an engineering level, what <laughs> annuities, you will never start. Yeah. Because it's too much. I think that's where, where a lot of agents get caught up is they do want to master the product side of it. And understanding every product out there before they can take that leap. So I really like that you said that because that's going to help a lot of agents to say like, hey, that's not the main focus for me. And maybe that'll that'll inch them more closer to, to actually taking action. Right. So, you know, what annuities do at the basic level is very simple. Now, when you get into how they actually accomplish that, it can get pretty complicated and it can be very overwhelming and it can, if you, you'll spend all your time learning about the, all the insides, you know, of a, an annuity contract or a fixed index annuity, is that thick? Yeah. You know, a health insurance contract, you know, is four pages, but annuity contracts, 120 pages. Yeah. Uh, if you had to learn all that for three or four different products that you have, you could never do it and you'll never, you'll never launch. So in essence, though, do most agents then rely on a solid upline to do that kind of homework for them? That's what you should rely on. So you've got a client that you think may be a good fit for an annuity. You need to bring that case to your upline or to your FMO and let them plug you in to a product. They're the ones that get paid to have the product knowledge. And they're the ones that get paid to coach you through making the sale. That's, I like that. That's what you pay them for. Yeah. And it's a different um, approach to what we're traditionally used to in the Medicare realm, because we're used to being the product expert and we're used to being able to show them a variety of products. But in this arena, it is different. Now, it brings up another question a lot of agents are trying and are at least used to trying to do a one and done close, meaning that on the first, on the first appointment, they're either getting a yes or no. Is it work the same way in the annuity arena? Typically not. Now I, I know agents and I know sales processes that can be like that, but what I'm trying to avoid in my practice and what I'm trying to help agents avoid doing and becoming is, is a transactional salesman. Right. So even in Medicare, even if you don't do anything but Medicare, I don't want you to be a transactional commodity because then, you know, your clients have no loyalty. And the next time another telephone salesperson calls them, they're just going to switch to them. Whereas if you can build a relationship with your client, even if you only sell on the phone, so don't make a mistake. I'm not saying you have to meet people in person, 
to build a, a relationship. But if you can build a relationship with them over the course of time, they're more likely to stay with you. They're more likely to buy more products from you and they're more likely to refer you. And it's just a overall better for everybody. Yeah. So the annuity sale is, should not be a one call close. It's usually two, three, maybe four if, if there's a complicated case. Okay. So that brings up another point you brought that you, you spoke to right now. I love phone sales. It's, it's something that I've been doing since 2008. Can annuities be sold over the phone? Whereas I've under, always understood them to traditionally be sold in person. No, hundred percent. Absolutely can be sold over the phone. And the process is the same. Awesome. You might have to be a little bit more polished. Yeah. You know, because you don't have that face to face, you know, you're sitting, you know, belly to belly at the kitchen table or at, at my desk connection. But the process is the same. We're going to get to know each other. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm going to uncover what your pain points and your needs are. And then I'm going to agitate those needs. So if you didn't know, you, you may have a problem you didn't even know about. I'm going to make sure that you know that you have this problem and then I'm going to offer a solution. Yeah, that's perfect. And there's absolutely no reason that you can't do that over the phone. And I hear that from agents all the time. Well, I can't sell annuities because I'm a phone agent. That's wrong. You're wrong. So, and do you know if agents are selling it over the phone? I mean, is it truly over the phone or do they get on zoom calls where they still look at each other and they can present certain things on the, on the call as well. Yeah. Most of the ones that I know that are doing it now are, are using zoom or at least a screen share where they've got a, a, some sort of presentation that they're showing them. I think um, that that's an important tool that is helpful. I don't see any reason why you can't do that now. Um, Pre COVID I was not a fan of using any kind of technology other than the phone mm -hmm. because people, especially seniors, at least maybe I was wrong and it was just kind of a stereotype, but they just had problems operating in it. Like to get somebody to get on a, a join.me or, or, or go to meeting. I mean, it was, sometimes it was 20 minutes, but now they're used to it, especially Zoom. It's so easy. They go to church on Zoom. They, they talk to their grandkids on FaceTime. <clears throat> and you might be looking up their nose at, through the whole appointment, but at least they can see your face, <laughs> right? Yeah. They can see your face, your facial expressions. They, you know, it's just, it's better if you can do that. Yeah. Which so I mean, it's the new norm. It's the new norm. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of people need to hear is that you're right. It, there, uh, maybe there was a time 10 years ago where it was more difficult to utilize technology with seniors but a lot has changed since then. And we're now in an era where they're very much used to the different technologies to, that we use, especially with screen sharing. And so I, I like the idea of still being able to continue business and doing annuity business over the phone, because again, you as an agent, you get to expand your area, your, your circle of influence of who you're gonna be able to talk to and present to. So um, I wanted to make clear to anyone who's listening that, you know, again, this is not a product that can only be sold in home. You can do this over the over Zoom, over the phone, and uh, and still be very successful at it. I'm sure, Ron, you you probably know a lot of people. Do you do a lot yourself over the phone, or you mostly do in office? I mostly do in office, but that's just because of the nature of my practice. I'm just a, a local brick and mortar uh, practice, 
Um, but I have no problem getting on the phone. In fact, it, you know, it happens more and more people. I had somebody uh, this week said, Hey, I'm, you know, we'll just, let's just do it on the phone. I don't like to get out and drive. Ain't yeah. No problem. Nice. And so when it comes to, um, you know, the, the idea of, of understanding how do we get in front of these people who have this money to put into an annuity? What are some basic strategies that people can come up with to get in front of those people? Sell health insurance. Perfect. You're already doing it. You're already yeah. in front of them. You know, you probably, uh, you, you can maximize your odds by staying away from things like dual eligible, you know, market. Yeah. That's the only one I would avoid if, if you wanted to make a case for financial services. Um, but even LIS, if you want to send out an LIS direct mail campaign, you will uncover annuity money. Yeah. Now, if you're going after Medicaid, that's probably a, a non-starter, but LIS is a really good one. I have a couple of friends right now that are are, are doing really good with LIS leads. Yeah. And think about it. So the people that buy annuities and, and do use services like mine, they, they're not sophisticated investors. You know, these are normal, hardworking, blue collar, uh, uh, white collar people that work for 30 years. They did what they were supposed to do. They saved in their 401k. They put money away in their IRAs. And now they're retired and they've got, you know, 200,000, 500,000, a million bucks in the bank in, in their 401k. These are not hedge fund type people. Okay. They're not sophisticated investors. They're not interested in making 25 or 30% a year anymore. They're not working anymore. They're not making any more money. They've got what they've got to live on and they want to make sure that it lasts. Okay. This is simple investing and they want to keep it simple. They want to make sure that they can understand it. So if you think about the person that we're marketing to, the person that are buying, the people that are buying these products, they're, they're frugal people. They're not living extravagant lifestyles. So if they get a black and white card in the mail that says, Hey, um, you may qualify for some extra Medicare benefits. They're going to send that in. Yeah. Because because they like to save money. And so don't think that only poor people send in LIS cards. That's smart. I think that a lot of people immediately associate it with poor. And, uh, you know, what do you think about talking about annuities and financial planning with uh, the final expense demographic? They're similar, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, I don't end up selling a lot of final expense. Um, no, I did this week, but I don't, I don't try to do it when I sell life insurance, especially final expense is because somebody asked me about it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't go after it. I don't end up selling a lot of it because we use other things to solve those problems. And a lot of my clients do have, you know, they can cover a $10,000 funeral. Yeah. So um, I think that marketing wise though, I think that that is a good opportunity there for the same reason as the, the fact that the LIS leads can lead to those opportunities. I think final expense can lead to those opportunities too, for the same reason as they're, they're not um, overly sophisticated people. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I know that kind of sounds negative. Yeah. 
not being a sophisticated investor doesn't mean people are stupid. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. Correct. They're, they like to keep it simple. Yeah. And that's what final expense does. It keeps it simple. So you never, you never go directly looking for annuity clients. Is that correct? You actually go, you try to use a different uh, avenue to get into the front door before you start talking about annuities. Is that right? Right. right. Uh, except uh, certain times of year, I don't market financial services at all. I'm a Medicare guy, first and foremost. I do, I teach Medicare seminars in restaurants, Medicare 101 turning 65. That's it. I don't, do, I don't do anything else. That's it. And so the way I get into the other financial planning services is through Medicare. But the way I do that is by asking questions. So everybody that walks through my door for a turning 65 appointment to sign up for Medicare and a supplement or Medicare and an advantage plan gets a full fact finder. And that's where I uncover the opportunities. Nice. So we're about a week away from the big 8% Nation event that's coming up. And you're going to actually be doing a breakout there at that 8%. What are you going to be talking on in this breakout? This breakout, I'm going to talk about something different that I, I, I get a lot of questions on. And uh, it doesn't really have anything at all to do with insurance, but it's going to help your insurance practice. And that is the Series 65 uh, securities exam and, and registration. So uh, that's another, yet one more layer to add to your practice and just kind of grow it out and mature your practice and, and be able to do more for your clients and, and capture more income for yourself. Because as it stands, if you wanted to talk about annuities with your clients, the only license needed is your life license, correct? That's right. Yep. For, for fixed annuities, you do not need an, a securities license. Life insurance is good enough. Okay, but it's when you want to start getting into different conversations about, um, you know, having either maybe using annuities that are in the market, right, that are that are invested in the market, or if they want to go invest in the market, why, why would you need a Series 65 license? Right, so Series 65 license, it's not really a license, it's registration, but it gives you the ability to give financial advice for a fee. Okay. Okay, so... And I can advise people on their, their individual securities, okay? Whereas with an insurance license only, I can't pick out mutual funds and say, hey, this mutual fund's good, uh, this one's bad, you need to get rid of that one and put it in the annuity. You can't really do that with an insurance license only. What you can do is give general investment advice, investment advice, but uh, uh, financial advice saying um, this, uh, this account is at risk. Are you okay with that? Maybe you ought to move a portion of it or all of it into an annuity. So that's about all you can get. You can't get real specific. But what it really does, and the best part about it, is it lets you capture all of your client's assets because you can only put a certain percentage of their assets into an annuity for suitability purposes, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say 65, 70% maximum. Uh, so that leaves... 30%, 40%, 50% over here with their other advisor that you've just swiped 40%, 60% of his income from that client. You just stolen it. So what do you think he's going to be doing with that client? He's going to be in their ear going, oh, what a stupid mistake you made. Um, why would you ever listen to Eric Fierro? That guy's a scam artist. You bought an annuity. Oh my gosh, why did you do that? 
But with a Series 65, you can grab all of it, put the portion in the annuity, put the other portion in assets under management and collect an ongoing fee on it. I got you. Okay. And uh, what would you say is probably one of the, maybe the biggest, I don't know, objections that come, come about from talking to people about annuities? Because I don't know if in your presentation, if you outright start talking about annuities or if you build up, like you were mentioning earlier, you build up the concept of what an annuity can do and don't actually mention the word till later. But obviously there's some big names out there that, that are always, that have talked counter to annuities, right? And I, I don't know, is, it's, is Dave, Dave Ramsey one of them that says he doesn't like annuities? Well, so they, all, all those types like Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, you know, you name it, they will all, uh, Ken Fisher, they will all say, don't, annuities are bad. So when you, when you read the articles or you, you, you really get into what they're saying, what they're really talking about is variable annuities. So uh -huh. a variable annuity is a securities product. So it's got uh, life insurance built into it that gives you some guarantees, but your cash money is actually at risk in the market in some mutual funds. And so you're still bearing the risk of the market and the fees are very high. So we think variable annuities are always a bad idea. I sell against them and blow them up all the time. But when you, you get into the, the articles and what the, the talking heads on TV are, are talking about, that's what it is. And even if you read, like Susie Orman's a very good example. It's actually in one of her books that says, I can never recommend a variable annuity. However, I think inside a certain account, I'm not, I'm not going to misquote the book, a uh, fixed indexed annuity could be a good choice. Now, a lot of the people that you hear given annuities a bad rap don't make that distinction. They just plug all annuities into the same category. Right. So to kind of make the, for those who don't know, to make the distinction real quick, in a variable annuity, all of your money is at risk so that even if the market goes all the way negative, you could potentially lose all your cash that's in that annuity. But with a fixed index annuity, those are designed where you can actually participate. Although you don't get all the gains of the market, you can participate in a percentage of it, but it does protect you so you can't go, you can't lose. Right. There's no downside. Right. Okay. And I just wanted to make that clear for the audience who doesn't know so that they were aware um, of the difference between the two. So the, the conversation you're going to have at 8% then being on the Series 65 license, because you're, you're trying to help agents to take it even a step further, that if they've in already incorporated annuities into their practice, that this is another good way where you can continue to manage the other portion of the money that you didn't capture earlier. That's right. Yep. It's just rounding it out. So uh, a lot of annuity advisors will be afraid that, you know, if they add a securities license, it's going to hurt their annuity business. But actually, and in my experience too, it, it increases it because I'm able to do more yeah. for the clients. You know, it's, a, it's the same concept in insurance. The more lines of insurance that you can get with them, the more they're going to give you and the longer they're going to stay with you. So I, I just want to, I, I kind of, use an analogy. I just want to put a big warm blanket around them and, and make them nice and cozy. And who wants to get out from under a, a big warm blanket, right? That's it. Well, let me ask you one final question, if you don't mind, because again, one of the things that we do look at as agents and especially in the, when we're looking at, at continually scaling our business, which means getting more clients, 
how once you've written somebody on an annuity, right? We know that the 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 payment you get for that is like a lump sum that you get up front, right? So, but how often do you need to continually service that client um, in the years to come? Uh, generally, just once a year. You know, they're they're only getting statements once a year, and so as long as you are uh, proactively reaching out to them and having a, a, an annual review when that anniversary date for that annuity rolls around. That's generally enough. Some clients, you know, are more needy, uh, more high maintenance than others. Some need some more care than others. Um, but uh, you can usually get away with once a year on, on, for most clients. Awesome. Well, that's definitely, I think, very doable because that still allows you to continue to scale and, and pick up more clients as you go along. Yep. So to wrap things up, then, it sounds to me like putting annuities into, as a feather in your cap is an absolute must if you already have a health light or a life license. Uh, it's something that is not difficult to do. And the biggest takeaway that I got from this is that you don't need to be the expert in every product out there annuity wise. You just need to allow your upline, your FMO to do that work for you because they're skilled. They're highly skilled. They have tons of tools. They can look at a variety of products based on the variables you've collected. Let them figure out what's best. They give that to you and then teach you how to present that to your clients so you can make the close. Yep. And then you see those fat $40,000 checks like, uh, like Ron posted the other day. Yeah. They're not all like that, but that one, I I felt like I needed to post that and and just uh, hopefully inspire somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's come off as bragging. No, no. Well, it's, it's, it'd be bragging if you post it every single time you close, but I, I think, you know, you, you don't do that. That's not your style. So I think it's just, it's one of those things that, it does exactly what it was meant to do. And it gets people to scratch their head and say, huh, am I leaving money on the table? Like, it, should I be doing this too? Right. You get them asking the right questions that lead to them wanting to learn how to do this and get into business. So again, Ron, thanks so much for being on with me. I'm going to post a link to your course. So for anybody who wants to learn how to get into this business, Ron has put together a great course that teaches you how to do that. And so I'm going to post a link that you can go check it out. And uh, that way, if you uh, wanted to get into this business and offer this as another feather in your cap, another income revenue source, and a better way to continually help your clients, this is the way to go. So Ron, again, thanks so much for being on with me today. We look forward. I'm going to see you at 8%. I'll be there next week as well. So I'll drop in and see you at, uh, at your breakout event. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, man. We'll see you guys on the next one. Hey, thanks for watching the podcast. If you like the content, please hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you can get notified when more new content comes out. We'll see you on the next one.